Hello, hello. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in episode 16 <laughs> of Connected by Seams. Sorry, Danny, if I scared you or anyone else out there. A little alarming. Uh, thanks for coming tuning in, in. Here we are coming in hot. Episode 16 of Connected by Seams podcast. Once again, the trio back. Seth Smith, Danny Espinoza, Garrett Smith. Uh, here we are another week, another podcast and excited to bring you this one. Uh, as we caught up with former UC Davis standout quarterback, Jake Mayer, um, got drafted or excuse me, signed with the CFL uh, Canadian League football team uh, to go play. Unfortunately, their season getting cut short, can't play, but it was nice to talk some football. It's football season. Uh, it was on all of our televisions this weekend, I'm sure. Uh, exciting to kind of see that, feel a little bit of normalcy. Danny, I know you are just thrilled about these sports getting underway. So um, with that, why yeah. don't we just go right into the NBA since Danny's teams are well out of this uh, conversation. Even better. Gee, let's just talk you and bullshit. I. You know, you, you, brother you to brother, bullshit team. Brother to brother, mano y mano, game seven, Nuggets, Clippers. Yes. The winner of it, <laughs> literally, literally, because I had the Rockets facing the Lakers. Lakers and they gone. Some Mac them. See ya. Here we are. Game seven, my Nugs. Just forcing game seven. Nikola Djokovic. Oh, he's just taken over. Um, It's been really well. What's watch. his full name? Uh, Jokic, dude. The Joker. Jokinator. Uh, I thought that me, was a tennis player. Let me just see what other Google nicknames have. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's actually, it'll be cool. Game seven, this actually decides it. The winner of this wins <laughs> our little random hat uh, NBA. Do you pool, know what whatever. you have in mind? I have an idea up my sleeve. But, it, but we haven't talked about it, so I haven't, I haven't dropped Don't anything. Guys are- Danny, dude. Or- we haven't we haven't talked about it to fuck Danny over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe you don't know. We'll see. Is there a way we can tie and we just make Danny dress up or do something? Whatever you want, guys. It looks sexy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But hey, that game tomorrow, as we are recording this, this is what day is it today? Monday. I always forget. That's right, Monday. Uh, those, those days so easy to forget. But here we are, Monday, game seven of that series tomorrow. Uh, winner takes all in our random hat picks. Uh, yes, highs man. and lows. I did not have too many. Um, I got slam at work. Uh, slang and so way. That's your low. Uh, yeah, but like, kind of the high at the same time because I try and only work X amount of hours, and because I agreed <clears throat> to cover some shifts and help out and do this, I get less the following week. But I didn't get to like pick okay. my days, if that makes sense. So like it works out, but not work out because, well, I don't want to spoil anything for next week's highs and lows, but I get to do some things, but miss out on other things. So it's kind of cool, but. Um, Super vague. <laughs> real interesting. That was great. What a great description. Yeah, that was perfect. Well, I don't want to blow anything. <laughs> I can't, Danny. Danny, Danny I what's, what are your hands? Yeah. Okay, here we go. I'll, I'll do this. I don't want to blow I'm anything. Not, I'm not going to say my my colorfuls were colorful. My black and whites were black and white. Oh, there's some. Uh, not really much. Fucking Christ. Whatever, dude. Figure it out. My highs and lows. Low. Let's go with the low. Let's go with the low. 
Um, still haven't heard back on my loan for the buy a house in Arizona. Still? <laughs> oh, I don't know what's going on. And my and my high, I would say my high is you guys notice I'm wearing glasses. I did yeah. notice that. Have a consultation uh, on Wednesday to have uh, eye surgery so I can finally get rid of contacts and glasses and just take out there. one of them. Huh? Are they just going to take out one of them? My eyes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put a glass one in, so then I could. Then you don't have to worry about it. Like this. So oh, I, yeah. I've always, um, I've always kind of wanted to do this, and it's something that just was still playing. I'd like to do this for the last few years of my career. Uh, it just makes life easier. Um, baseball better with you know not having the wind or anything, or not having to just worry about something else. Um, especially with my career out of the country now, so. It's easier to not have to constantly order contacts out of the country and get it shipped to you somehow. Yeah. So um, this is something I've always wanted to do. And if the world comes to an end, I can't get contacts anymore. I don't want to wear glasses the rest of my life. Fair enough. You do look go. good, though. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, uh, my highs and lows for the week. Um, I'll start with the low. Uh, it was pretty uh, – it was a pretty sad day when Danny, again, bailed on me last week on going riding. I'm starting to think so, he's scared. That was my low. Um, he said something about going on a ride earlier in the morning and then he burned himself up or something. I don't know. Scared. But that's actually my low. I'm on a hard ride. <laughs> one of these days, one of these weeks, Danny and I are going to get on the trails together. Uh, maybe not even together. Maybe you just leave like... 10 minutes before me and then I'll follow or something. You yeah. don't, we don't have to go together. <laughs> like it's all right. But I mean, uh, dude, I'm about to can... leave and you just take off and you're like, I'll, I'll see you there. And you <laughs> 10 minutes later. <laughs> uh, on the, on the other side of that, um, my high, uh, I took a, took a trip down memory lane last week. And uh, you guys heard of Cobra Kai. Yeah. On Netflix. The- Oh my god! Freaking spinoff! Oh, did you watch that? Yeah, 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 yeah! Oh my god, it's freaking cheesy as hell. The loser, but, right? Oh, dude, it's so yeah. Johnny's life is in the shitter. He just crushes Thor's <laughs> banquet all day, and freaking it's freaking hilarious. Is it worth it? His, his one oh yeah, it's worth it. His okay. one-liners in that shit are to die for. Uh and oh my god, it was it's good. We're we're almost through season one there's like three seasons of that it came out like four years ago um on youtube and then i think netflix bought it but that's my high though that's my high because i came up on that and i actually watched it and i was not disappointed um great show great show oh the other high though is i took apart my bike and uh Gave her a bath, cleaned up everything, little grease job, and just, you know, just in case Danny calls me one day. Just in case you want to keep up when, when we go red, you'll be able to keep exactly. up. You'll switch gears quicker. Yeah, yeah, it will. It will. <laughs> Put a little, little bottle of NOS in the tires, and we're good. Oof, so. that's what I'm talking about. Sweet. <laughs> well, but. there we are. Highs and lows. Uh, pretty solid. Uh, thank goodness did not involve any four-legged fur uh, yeah. babies this time. Gosh, that was back-to-back nope. weeks of just stuff that oh, no. we did not need any time for. But happy to hear everyone's doing all right. Here we are again, another week, uh, another podcast, another episode. As mentioned, 
uh, Jake Mayer, former standout quarterback at UC Davis. It was cool to talk a little football. We haven't had anyone on here uh, regarding football just yet, other than Vince Ferragamo, who's kind of out of the game and, and been doing other It's kind of cool to see him outside on of that, but shoot, like, yeah, he, to talk about his glory days was awesome, but Jake kind of in the midst of dealing with all this COVID and not playing, doesn't know what's going on, and and having so much success riding that momentum to then just have it like halted was kind of crazy. Um, but really cool conversation and, and excited to share it with everyone as we get into episode 16 with former All-American at UC Davis, Jake Mayer, quarterback uh, of the Aggies and now Canadian League football quarterback. We'll send it to the end as Danny plays his favorite jam in the background. If that doesn't fire you up, we're going to send it to it now. Hello, hello. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Connected by Seams podcast. And well, it's September, falls in the air. That means football. Uh, We're excited to have joining us today, Canadian League football quarterback and former absolute stud at UC Davis, Jacob Mayer. How are we doing, Jake? Thanks for joining us, man. And doing great. Great to, uh, great to talk to you guys. Yeah, happy to uh, have you join us. Like we said, thanks for joining us on uh, such jo- uh, short notice and, and making this happen, man. We're excited and, and to be able to talk a little football, uh, as mentioned, um, with that being this time of year. So, uh, mm-hmm. Kind of a weird, weird stuff going on, but before we dive into all that, let's uh, kind of get to know you a little bit. You're a local guy like us, born in Fullerton. Um, growing up, was there any favorite players, teams, sports? Uh, I know you like to kind of dabble in a little bit of everything. Yeah, I mean, I had a passion for sports um, ever since I was a little fan growing up, a uh, big Laker fan growing up. Um, but really – you know, football didn't come until uh, once I got into high school. I was I was all baseball. Like, that was life, man. I mean, I would play, you know, the Little League, and then I'd play travel ball and go back and forth with that. But football never really crossed my mind when I was a little kid. Um, it was all baseball. It was watching, you know, the 2002 World Series. I was watching Tim Salmon. And Let's go. Like Trout Tim Salmon. So, Ooh, Eckstein. Um, yeah, Eckstein. Adam Thirsty. Kennedy. Garrett Anderson. Oh, yeah, all boys. those guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that was uh, that was what it was for me growing up, just in sports. Um, like I said, football didn't come until way later. When, when, how, how late did that come? I mean, you you know, you talk like a Matt Liner. Matt Liner was kind of the same thing. You know, played baseball, went to modern day, hurt his elbow, couldn't throw a baseball, could throw a football. Sophomore year, he picks it up, and Matt Liner. You know, right. The rest I, is history. Yeah. yeah. So when when did you really start picking up a ball? You know, it's funny. And I I originally went to La Habra High School. And I played one year at Pop Warner before that. And, you know, my, it was, it's the classic story of like, okay, first day of football, we'll play right guard and go try to tackle and go try to do all these things. And football was, was very new. So it was one of those things where it's like, all right, I just got to be patient. And the first day of summer camp at La Habra High, I um, noticed that the receiver line was really long, right? At like the little freshman summer camp. And, uh, you know, I remember my dad just said, hey, you have a good arm. You played baseball your whole life. You pitch. You know, you can play the outfield. Just go throw the football around and see if you like it. And ever since that moment, um, there was just a real joy with kind of just being the leader and the quarterback and 
delegating things and, you know, having the ball in my hands constantly. That was something that was really fun for me. So ever since then, uh, that's, that's really when my whole career started really kind of by accident to tell you the truth. It seems like that leadership role you've kind of found pretty natural. I think I was reading up, you played center field in baseball. Mm -hmm. That's also a very demanding position, kind of controlling the outfield. Um, So obviously that's something you enjoy uh, to do, but talk a little bit about the the baseball side of things. Uh, Senior year, uh, athlete of the year. Did you have that kind of demand or were you ever forced to have to decide, was it going to be baseball? Was it going to be football? Uh, what was that kind of like balancing growing up? Yeah, going into my junior high school was when I I really, you know, dedicated a lot of time to being a quarterback. Um, playing college football was really a huge passion of mine at the time. Um, but it wasn't until my senior year where, um, you know, I didn't have much to do once football season ended. And it was just kind of winding down my senior year, getting ready to sign with a school and, uh, you know, I had had good friends that were on the baseball team and they just said, hey, man, like you played your whole life growing up playing baseball. Just come out, have a little grand finale, I guess you can say, and come play. And we had a lot of success and we won and um, had a pretty like good 360, year. Yeah, right? it was. Um, yeah, it just I don't know. It, it was just fun. It was relaxing. It was different. It was it just kind of went back to like, man, just go play sports like you're just a little kid again. And, you know, just kind of be a natural with it, have fun, you know, try to be a leader. And it was fun, man. It was, it was really a lot of fun. And it wasn't until the season ended where I kind of thought to myself, you know, if football for a reason didn't work or, you know, if for whatever reason I lost the love for the game or something like I, I can potentially come back to this. Like it was, it was, I mean, we'd have talks with my dad who's a softball coach. And so the sport's in our blood. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, man, if, if something happens and God leads you down a different path, like I, let's not be surprised. So that was kind of the, the mood I had once my senior year ended playing baseball. That's a heck of an approach. We'll, we'll get into your pops here in a little bit. Um, that's pretty cool as well. Um, but for you, you talk about the next level and, and college football. Uh, you end up signing and go to Sacred Heart uh, red shirt and you come back. Uh, myself, my brother Garrett, we're Juco guys. You came back to attend Long Beach City. Mm-hmm. Was that a personal choice or, or what kind of took you the JUCO route? Yeah, definitely personal. Um, you know, I don't – for anybody that goes, like, far away to school, like, fresh out of high school, it's something that you've never done, especially going all the way to the East Coast. Um, I don't think – I think that's underestimated a little bit. I don't think people realize, especially at that age, like, what that move actually means in terms of culture change and being on your own for the first time. Um, so it was a little bit of combination of that. And, um, you know, I didn't have a great role with the team. Uh, I, I wasn't on a full ride scholarship like some of the other guys. So a combination of just kind of personal decision mixed with financial, you know, issues with, you know, I didn't want to put a ton of stress on my family just to go play college football. I want to be able to go to school, you know, um, you know, without them digging out of their pockets. You know, I want to be able to go to school to, you know, play football and have a scholarship and graduate without getting a ton of student debt. So that was really, that was really stuff that would constantly enter my mind. And after a while, I was just kind of like, you know what, like, you know, maybe it's better off. I go home, go to school for cheaper, see if I can resurrect something and get to a school where maybe, you know, they'd offer me a full ride scholarship so I can, you know, ease, ease my parents some, some stress there. Wow. That's kind of a mature decision at a young age. I mean, most kids don't think that most kids when they go out of 
you know, go to high school, go to college, go do anything, you know, they almost expect their parents or, you know, they, they, you know, mm-hmm. they expect it to be it's there. It's just going to happen. Okay. I'm just going to, I got into, I got into this school and you're going to pay for it. So yeah. that to have that mindset as a 18, 19 year old um, is a very mature mindset to have. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Like if, <laughs> if I ever needed any help or, you know, they were totally willing to help me. Like my parents, you know, they were, they've always right. been there for me. And, um, but like you said, you just, I don't know. I don't know if it was just me being super mature, but for whatever reason, it just, it just kind of hit me at the time. It was like, you know what? I can go home, start this over, be closer to home, potentially try to go to a California school or I mean, just try to stay in the same time zone at least. You know what I mean? Like it was just kind of all that kind of building up. So. And, and we're pretty spoiled yeah. here, especially in that SoCal region, the, the community college in JUCO, mm-hmm. it's, it's loaded, man, in all sports, football, we played baseball. Um, I went to Santa Ana, Garrett went to OCC. So we always in baseball. Dude, we went to Long Beach State. Yeah, we, well, he's a little bit cooler than us. Um, yeah. But no, so we always, you know, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for the, the JUCO route for those reasons you just said. I mean, mm-hmm. I always, and I think about it when we talk about minor league baseball is these 18 year olds are just expected to not only go perform, but Mm -hmm. like sometimes do their own laundry for the first time or like make a meal or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, you know, stuff that affects a lot, um, you know, that, that can really play into how you affect their performance. Yeah, for sure. Um, so well, not only did you come home, but you came home and you thrived, um, at LBC, uh, or at Long Beach city college, um, as a red shirt freshman earning all state honors. Um, you guys went on to finish the year, uh, number nine national ranking, uh, 47, 41 win in the, uh, Western state bowl. Uh, just talk about that year, man. It had to be uh, a change of pace for you, not only coming home, but just adjusting back to to that lifestyle and then going out and pro, uh, playing the way you did. Well, that, that, that whole year was just crazy because there was so much uncertainty. Like, you know, I, I always told myself I didn't want to be the guy that went off to school and then came back immediately. Um, probably just more of a pride thing. But um, when I did come back, I didn't know where to go immediately just because one, I didn't, I didn't really do much research on commu- like community college football you know, I didn't know who the top programs were. I didn't talk to any coaches. I didn't have a lot of connections there. But luckily, my quarterback coach, Danny Hernandez, um, who's still with me today, um, he was able to reach out to some coaches. And, and him and I would go and sit in on meetings, like just with offensive coordinators, the head coach, and just kind of mapped out, you know, the program that they were presenting and the opportunity that they were willing to afford. And, um, you know, I ended up visiting Pasadena City College. And to be honest with you, it was, I was very close to going there after my first meeting, just because again, I didn't, I didn't really know where to turn. I I was just looking for a nice opportunity, you know, a coaching staff that believed in me and, and, um, you know, something that felt comfortable. Yeah. Something that felt comfortable, right? Like coming from an uncomfortable situation, the number one thing I was looking for, like, all right, I got to find some stability here. I want to make this last. Um, And then, Right before I was going to make that decision, my quarterback coach, Danny Hernandez, called and said, hey, Long Beach City College, very talented program, a lot of great athletes. They have, you know, double the numbers that the Pasadena City College football team would have. And um, like, like I said, very successful. He said, hey, they want to have a meeting with you. And I remember I went in, me and my mom went there. 
underneath the big vet memorial stadium and you know he or the head coach brett peabody who's like family to me to this day he just said hey you know we, we're not going to promise you any starting job or anything but you come in and perform well we're going to give you every opportunity in the world to play we're going to let you play in scrimmages we're going to get you week one reps and if you take in a role with it then then you'll be our guy um and that's that's really all i was looking for like i mean i mean my football career is basically on the line here like it's make or break like that decision was pretty easy looking back, looking back at it now. And, um, you know, going into the summer, it was, it was up and down. It was, you know, some weeks you feel like, okay, I'm definitely number one. And then maybe you have a couple bad days in a row. And then you're like, Oh shoot, maybe I'm two, maybe I'm three. Very competitive school. Like I said, and um, you know, by the time the scrimmage rolled around, we played OCC and I went, I think 12 for 14 we had a couple of touchdown drives and from that point the head coach said okay we'll let you start week one start week one end up having five touchdowns in the first half and then he said okay you're never coming out it's just <laughs> kind of just kind of worked out that way I could just you threw five in week know. one yeah five in the first in half the you half. threw five first in half. The, oh my goodness Holy we were playing cow. against Pasadena wow oh, so wow look at that yeah it was just a weird Weird dynamic. Wow. So I got a question. Uh, all these coaches local, um, when you came back mm -hmm. and your quarterback coach was obviously putting you back on the radar, were you on their radar before you left uh, out of high school? And did any of them talk to you prior or was it kind of fresh to them when you came back? It was very fresh. Um, Sacred Heart was really the only school that gave me a chance at all. And I remember – trying to, you know, talk to APU and University of San Diego, you know, some of those schools where they don't offer a ton of athletic money, but it was local and it was, they were good universities that I, you know, I'm a Catholic man. So, you know, that, that stuff really mattered to me. And, um, you know, Sacred Heart was the only one. So yeah, it was just very fresh when I came back. There wasn't a lot of, I mean, I wasn't going to, my phone wasn't going off the hook, I guess you could say. Well, it should have been 477 yards in that state title game. I think it was a career best. I don't, I don't know if you've done anything better than that, but um, remarkable numbers to close out your career then. And then you decide to take your talents to UC Davis. Um, and from 2017 to 2019, honestly, looking at the numbers and just records and everything has to be one of the best statistical careers uh, in an Aggie uniform. So hats off to you for that. Um, but what, what kind of took you to UC Davis? I know you're, you're heavy on academics and academics are important to you. UC Davis is a, a very prestigious and, and good academic school. Did that have anything to play in it or, or what kind of took you to UC Davis? Well, when I came back from the East coast, I made a promise to myself, like, you know, the next school that I go to, um, you know, in a perfect world, I want to stay in California. I want to be able to stay in the state, make sure, you know, my family can be a part of the next journey, make sure they can come to the games, you know, all those, all those things. I was very, very family oriented um, with that whole decision. And then really the next part was, you know, just pick the best university that has the most to offer in terms of social life, in terms of academics, like you said, uh, football program, um, you know, the head coach, the teammates, um, really you just factor in all those things. And, it's funny, the second time around when I was recruited, I had a much more specific, like, you know, 
I got it. Like I, I, I want to make sure this is in check. This is in check. You know, I mean, before I make a, you know, life changing decision, right. Cause the decision that I made before to go to Sacred Heart, not that it was a poor decision or anything along like that. It was just, you know, it was the first opportunity I got. I said, I'm going, right. I'm just going to go play, play ball, go to school. It'll be great. Um, but the second time around, it was much more specific, specific, think things through, um, weigh out all the options, talk with my family more, um, you know, meet talk with the coaching staff and some of the players within the program more. Um, it was much, much more patient the second time around for sure. That goes, that goes back to what, uh, what Seth was saying about going the Juco route too, I think mm-hmm. with, with knowing, you know, it allows you to kind of grow into your personality and, you know, who you are as a player as well. And you knew what you wanted. And obviously that stability, you know, you knew you needed, you you came home and so you kept it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you see this in sports, you know, whether it's in like, an, I, the way I can put it or uh, relay it is uh, with baby, right? You have a kid at a high school who's 18 years old and maybe he's not ready to go to pro ball. He might not be ready to go to a big college. And maybe the best thing for him for maturity and growth is to go to a junior college to be around his family for another couple of years, to have that sense of home and security there for a little bit longer. And it's not that he doesn't have the talent. It's just maybe that's what's comforting for him. That's what's going to help him, you know, be better and mature and, you know, let his game and, and maybe even in life just, you know, mature. And so then you get to the next route and then it's professional. And now they've taken the correct steps because it's not always correct for, you know, like in baseball to just go at 18 years old and go play or in football to be 18 years old and go across the country and be completely on your own. Like we were saying, maybe all of a sudden you got to make your own bed, do your own laundry, cook your own food. You know, that's the like, first what time. What the hell really just happened? happened? <laughs> I remember when I went to college, I was like, man, if I don't get up out of, if I don't get up out of bed right now, I don't have to go to class. Yeah. I don't have mom and I don't have mom and dad like sitting here being like, Hey, you're late. Like, you know, get to class. Like it was all about, you know, growing up. And, you know, I know when I, I made a decision at 18, it was like, it was like, well, this is, I liked it, but it was, it's crazy to think of stuff I never did or never took responsibility for. And then at 18, it's like, bam, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the word uh, stability kind of got tossed around. Talk about that. Um, your academics on top of football, balancing the two and adjusting uh, when you got on campus at UC Davis, what that grind was like, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I was very fortunate because the, from the coaching staff to the administration, the whole everything that has to do with UC Davis is, is you know, it's it's a challenge. You know, they they preach, hey, this is a challenge, hard work. You know, it's something that you're gonna have to sacrifice. You're gonna sacrifice a lot of time in order to make things work. Um, but they taught us balance, right? That was that was one of the things Coach Hawkins at UC Davis was was big on. He was big on balance. He called it quality balance of life. Um, and you know, as much as I was in my own way sometimes about, hey, man, I, I just want to I want to work out. I want to lift. I want to throw. I was very, very strict. Um, you know, I, I would push social time a little bit to the side at times. Um, but he would constantly preach us, hey, have some balance, have some balance, have some balance. And, you know, throughout the three years I was there, I got better at that. I built relationships with teammates that I still have. And we still have the same group text from two years ago now. And you know, I still have a relationship with my offensive coordinator who, you know, we literally text about sports. We text about, you know, everything that's going on in the world right now. We text about just life things. And um, so Davis was that for me. I, I honestly believe that, you know, 
I'm going to have my family. I'm going to have close friends. People are going to come and go, right? That's what you kind of get taught sometimes. But with UC Davis, it was, it was totally different for me. It was, I ended up having my family that I will have forever. And then I added an extra one and, and those people are still around today, um, which is awesome. That's a huge blessing. And I, I didn't factor that in when I picked the school. I was just like, hey, man, I need to graduate. I need to go to a good school. I want to play ball. Um, you know, I know I'll make friends. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just, I was just a very business-oriented guy. And I still am. But at the same time, it's, it's great to look back and just see like, man, I got, I got a lot of people in my corner now. And I have all the right resources that I would need. So that was, that was big. That was big time. Well, I mean, shoot, you gave them a lot to be happy about. You gave them a lot to cheer about. Um, before we kind of get into current day, we're just going to blow you up a little bit here. Uh, finished your three-year career at UC Davis, 21 300-yard games. That's a school record. Uh, you're also the all-time career leader in pass attempts, completions, yards, uh, with over 11,000. And you finished second on the all-time list for touchdowns with 88. Uh, in just three years, remarkable numbers. Uh, you went in there, like you said, uh, you're all business and, and that's what you went in there and did and you handled that and you end up signing as a, a free agent with the Calgary Stampeders of the Canadian Football League. Um, I know there's, there's kind of some stuff going on, you guys. Unfortunately, season getting canceled uh, with the pandemic taking place and, and kind of wiping out your year. But what are things looking like for you now? Um, obviously still heavy on training, staying in shape kind of what's going on everyday life for you right now? Well, like I said, I'm very fortunate because I have a lot of people in my corner. So, you know, just to name a few, I mean, I got my family who, you know, lets me go back and move back in like I'm, uh, like I'm one of my little brothers again, right? So <laughs> you grow up there, you go off to school, life hits you across the face. Okay, come back home. We'll welcome you with open arms and get you back on your feet, right? So... I'm able to do that. Um, I have a girlfriend of the last four years. She's a fitness and nutrition coach. Um, so she's taking care of me in terms of, you know, having a proper diet, uh, making sure I'm doing the proper strength training, getting real sciencey with that stuff. So that stuff is pretty much taken care of pretty well. Um, my quarterback coach, like I said, Danny Hernandez, um, has like he's been there forever. I mean, he's been there since I was a sophomore in high school. And I go train in his garage. I mean, he's got, he literally, you know, set up a garage where he's got a rack with weights. He's got dumbbells. He's got a bench press. He's got everything. He's got, you know, the little bands, the resistance stuff. Um, and I literally, for the past maybe three or four months, go to his garage, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., knock out a workout. My girlfriend does a lot of the coaching for us. She basically trains us. and We work out together and um, high-intensity stuff throwing, you know, four to five days a week. Um, the difficult though right now is just finding facilities, right? It's, I think that's everybody's, everybody's issue right now, trying to find a gym, trying to find a field, um, trying to find receivers, trying to make sure everybody's, you know, cleaned up, trying to make sure we're not spreading viruses or germs to each other. So it's, that part's definitely the hardest. Um, but all the training and everything, the eating, the diet, everything is, is, um, is going really well. Um, and then on the side, when I'm not doing that, I've basically teamed up with, with Danny and we do um, QB training. So he has his own business and he was gracious enough to bring me on. And I do a lot of film sessions with high school kids, youth kids, 
we do a ton of Zoom. I've probably done the Zoom call, if not every day, every other day. Uh, we watch NFL film. We watch college film. I'll show them some of my film. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll break it all down, and, and um, man, we'll go for about an hour at a time. And it's a lot of fun. It keeps me busy. I, I mean, I break down hours on hours of film, so it kind of makes me better too, you know, even though it's not necessarily the Canadian League. Um, it's football. And my brain's constantly going, talking about every single detail uh, for, for the sport. So that's, that's basically every day for me right now. Now, what's, uh, having not played in the Canadian Football League yet, now what, what differences do you see or adjustments that you think you're going to have to make coming up with uh, this next coming year? Well, I think you need to definitely adjust like the way like you manage the game because it's three down football. So you right. don't have an extra down. Um, there's a, there's a 12th man on the field, uh, which is something that every quarterback, I think that's probably the steepest curve is understanding how the 12th player on the field relates to the defense. Is it an extra DB? Is it an extra linebacker? Is it an extra right. D line? Right. All those things factor in. Um, but I always get asked, like, is the forward motion tricky? And, I mean, I haven't run it yet, uh, but every answer that I get from every quarterback that's been in the league says, no, it's, you know, not, not that big a deal. You'll, you'll get it. It's, it's not as tricky as it looks. Um, but, yeah, I just, I just think it's just watching as much film as you can right now because that's literally all you can control, especially if you're not with the team. And I'm fortunate enough I got contacts with – the current starter there now, and he sends out goodies all the time, sends out good messages, gives good wisdom. We'll have Zoom calls about once a week. Um, I talk to the head coach. I talk to our quarterback coach. So they're staying on it as, much, as best as they can. Um, but just watch them as much film as I can right now. That's really my only, my only way You're to on the really prepare right now, for yeah. that league until I get there. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do once, uh, once yeah, that man. season kicks back up. Yeah. Me too. Keep tossing yeah. the rock. Yeah. Keep tossing I can only the rock. Imagine. Up. Um, we didn't get to talk about your dad much, but I'll for sure talk about him when we recap this interview. Your dad, a legend <laughs> in the uh, softball world back at Cal State Dominguez Hills, where that's kind of this connection came from. My buddy Kyber um, mm -hmm. setting this up. So cool. But uh, your dad, over 450 wins. He's like the all-time leader in the program or something like that so when you mentioned your girlfriend also being your coach I was like damn he's got two coaches in his corner so um yeah. could only imagine the household over there but so cool for you to join us man thank you so much for taking the time again to hop on and do this with us we had a blast yeah you got three more fans now it gives us a reason to watch something now watch the Canadian Football League when it starts never go Stampeders baby my yeah, favorite yeah. I never really paid much no, but now you know now you have have a personal connection to someone that you know that is there and we have someone to root for which is awesome you know yeah, oh, yeah. whatever team it might be we uh we're in your corner man we uh we'll be paying yep. attention and wishing nothing but the best moving forward well thank for you sure. guys man i'm really i'm really grateful um definitely start listening to the show i mean this is uh this is the first i've heard and now i'm i'm in man you got a fan of me too so That's what i'm talking about tag, like tag me on social media <laughs> or whatever so i can stay updated on what's going on i want to be able to follow Yes, sir. Sorry, we got we you. Thank it. you so much, Jake. We appreciate it, man. Have a good night. All right, guys. Good night. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. man.
I love it. There's some good finger jams, but that is a good one there. That is a good one there. Finger oh jams? Gosh. Yeah, well, if if you guys head to YouTube, if you guys head to YouTube, we actually have every episode of our podcast on YouTube. You can see what we're talking about of the finger dance. <laughs> Check out the finger dance live on YouTube. Um, but here we are. What an interview. We caught up with Jake Mayer. Uh, former Aggie standout quarterback at UC Davis, uh, then signed to play at the Canadian Football League uh, with maybe arguably our favorite team. Who knows the Calgary Stampeders uh, once that league comes back, hopefully the CFL, unfortunately, being cut short. But uh, awesome conversation, very humble guy who had plenty of success uh, at kind of different levels that he played on um, and kind of had a battle through adversity a lot going through high school, high school, putting up really good numbers, not really getting recognized, and then having to go, continue to go out and just prove himself uh, at every stop that he had. And it's gotten him to where he is now, which is pretty cool. And it was awesome to talk to him. And, and I know, gee, you and I being JUCO guys, it was kind of cool to hear another uh, success story of someone else going that, that community college route, coming home, getting comfortable and figuring it out from there once you know it, it sounds so good to just go away go division one go do this maybe go do that but sometimes it doesn't work out that way and and falling back isn't the the worst decision you can have and and he kind of proved that so uh i know you guys have a couple of uh, things you that stood out for you if you want to touch on that yeah. well like you said you know he did he you know he went for the big route and ended up coming back home and um you know, it was probably the right decision. You know, I think with with listening to him and talk, you know, him talking about some people are ready for that big move, that big jump away from family across the country. That's not, you know, even if you're physically ready or for your sport, you're ready to do it. That jump, you know, the responsibility as an 18 year old to go live on yourself to take care of yourself. You're not maybe ready for that part of your life. Um, but what was really interesting to me is that when he came home, he decides to come home, Juco, and with you know the stuff that he had done in his career already in high school and the name that he had kind of made for himself, I was so shocked that he had no like, no route, no yeah numbers. Clear, don't like, lie, man, like he put yeah, but, total numbers. Um, yeah, but he had brand. Right, but he had like no like idea of okay, this is where I want to go to junior college. Just you know, this team talked to me before I made my commitment to a four year college. Like there was there was nothing there, and he was just like, you know, we we he had his quarterback coach, and he made a couple phone calls and stuff like that, and it worked out. Yo, what's up? Ah, oh, let's go. Oh, what's up, birthday Ty? Boy. How old are you gonna be tomorrow? Birthday boy. How old are you? Show us. How old are you tomorrow? Let's go. The big four. The big four. How the heck are you, buddy? How you doing? Okay. Don't be shy. Good. Oh, there it is. Four. Oh, there, Ty. It, is. That's like... there it is. Danny's oldest turning right. four tomorrow. Yeah. Ty, I four tomorrow. Be riding the horses by himself. Ty, we would sing you... to you, but we don't want to give you nightmares, man. We don't. We don't need you. <laughs> we don't need you to put you through all that. He's going oh to uh, – he's got to go to bed because he's got uh, school tomorrow. Holy family. Our Let's old go. Alma. All three of us. Alma mater. I love it. 
But yeah, so um, I was talking about um, his choices and, and, and about what he wanted to do and what, you know, the direction he wanted to go. And there was no clear route. There was no real JC to go to. There was no, there was kind of a, the, uh, um, no backup plan. The backup plan was to go to JC, but that's kind of where it ended. Yeah. It was a starting and, point. Right. It was, I mean, it was a starting point, but it was just crazy with the numbers that he had and the accolades. I'm just like, how is he not? You know, how are JCs around and not like, oh, yeah, how, how are the JCs not around here just wanting him coming home from, you know, a four-year school? How, how are you not wanting him to run your program? But he went in, he got the opportunity, little or big, he made most of it, and now he's playing professionally. So that's awesome for him to kind of go from not really an idea to now he's in the CFL. You know, you say, or you bring up good points, but in my opinion, he did have an idea. He knew he needed that stability, you know, the stability right. to, in like both of you have said, going away and, and playing at a four-year, I never had to travel very far from home, so I don't know what that's like. I always had that backup support from family, friends that are nearby, but he left and he had the tools to play. He had all that, but just underestimated the power of you know having familiarity and family around right. and having his coach i mean he mentioned how many times his quarterback coach from high school it's still his boy uh yeah. that's his go-to and and it's very clear that uh i mean the stability of having that behind him and he mentioned his faith and, and whatnot being a big part of that too but his coaching staff yeah. even right you see us uh UC Davis. UC, UC Davis. Davis. I almost I was Mike, I was gonna say SD. Yeah. Uh UC Davis. I mean that coach there, he's still, you know, real tight with him too. So uh I think that it was it was good on him for coming back and recognizing at least that. Yeah. Even though know, he didn't he didn't have that a plan in in the bank of okay, I'm gonna come back and these are my target schools that I'm gonna go talk right. to. It was more of, I just need to get my head right and go at it. So, uh, I mean, it worked. I, Look at his numbers. What do you put up? And once he yeah, got back, so. I agree. And I think what you're talking about, um, I think that was probably something that he really needed was that either that stability or support from a coaching staff or from home or for whatever it was. It sounded because he kept talking about it. I feel like he really, like, when he left, he had never been away from home. And that was something that, oh, man, like, maybe he's oh, missing boy. that. And yeah, him. there's yeah. right. Yeah. He needed that. He needed that uh, support and um, obviously came home and like, made the right decision for his career. Yeah, absolutely. And shoot. I mean, the CFL. Yeah, it's not the NFL, but there's been there's been some guys to go over there. I, I looked it up. Former CFL stars include Warren Moon, Joe Theismann, Jeff Garcia, Doug Flutie, uh, our boy Vince Ferragamo, who we had on our show They've all played oh. in the CFL. Those are big names. I mean, a lot of guys that have played over there. Absolutely. It can be done. You know what I mean? You go there, you put up numbers, you maybe get recognized, you get a shot, and and sometimes you catch a break and, and you can see uh, where it leads. But he's he's pretty much put up numbers everywhere he's gone. So uh, I would yeah. not, 
I'm, I wouldn't bet against him, you know, to at least go out there and give it everything he has. And you could hear it just talking to him, the passion that he had just for football in general or sports and, and just that competitive drive that has kept his him focus. to want to go. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly, to where he is now. So um, super, super cool conversation. And, and like we said, some things kind of took place and, and we got the opportunity to just reach out and set that up quickly and – and got to talk to him and it was it was really cool um but next week uh another good episode on tap uh get your cowboy hats ready get your boots strapped yeah uh, we're going country again uh we got like, another country store uh country star recorded from the us. horseback uh, horses. yeah hey don't put it past us you don't know you don't know what's going to happen here on Seth the, uh, the Connected by Seams podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, uh, another one uh, on tap next week that, that we're excited for. Uh, country singer, songwriter, star will be joining us. But again, we want to thank Jake Mayer for Former MD time, alum. Uh, for joining us. But yeah, hey, let's not forget that. A modern day alum, shout out Monarchs. Uh, trying to get as many Monarchs as we can on this show. Uh, proud of where we came from, our roots, and uh, why not try and represent a little bit? So excited to have our guests next week. Um, but heck of a conversation with Jake Mayer uh, here in episode 16. We sure hope you guys enjoyed it. But that does it here for episode 16 here of the Connected by Seams podcast. Seth Smith with Danny Espinoza and Garrett Smith down there. We say thank you again for joining us. That was uh, a good time. Uh, we hope you join us next Tuesday, episode 17, coming your way of the Connected by Scenes podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter. Do the finger dance, please. Hey, submit. Hey, how about this? How about this? Best submitted finger dance video Gets a Danny Espinoza signed baseball. Bam. How about that? How, what do you guys I'm think? so mad that you just threw that out there because I was going to do the same thing. What do you guys think? You're in? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Danny, you're in. John Hancock, we need it. Second best go. gets a Seth Smith signed pencil. Right-handed. Yeah. 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 He'll, give you, he'll give you guys his gold mic. Yep. Nope. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but no, seriously, send us your best finger dance video to Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want. Text us, whatever. No, post it. Email. Don't send it. Post, post it. it. Tag Please. CBS. Tag, us, tag our, our page. Us. Do everything. That would be so awesome. You get a autograph. Just give us your account. DMs Just give me Espinosa. Just um, give me the best dance video. Any video. I don't care. Just give me a dance video. Yeah. Uh, Just be okay, cool. And if it's. Reach out, let us know. I hope everyone's ready. I ain't got a swimsuit. That does it. Sure as hell gonna jump in. Let's go. Episode 16. Another shot of Queer. We're done, Zach. up on the weekend. I might need some Cuervo after this episode. We'll see. Who knows? That's a Turn up up on the weekend. Go Shazam it, everyone. Banger. Good outro. I love it. Yeah. Have a good week, everyone. Everyone, have a good week. We'll see you next Tuesday. Connected by Seams. We out. Thanks for listening from wherever you may have. Catch you on the flip side. Later. Peace.